Well, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, Psalm 119 shares. Jeremiah relates God's word of judgment. Behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire, this people would, and it shall devour them. The prophet Jeremiah preaches against false prophets in Jeremiah 23. Peter records in 1 Peter 2, 2, that we need God's word as our spiritual food. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As believers, we must have God's word, his message to walk daily in this world around us. In these last days, Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 4, For the time will come when they will endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Our nation's government was founded on laws based on biblical principles. And a few examples, I was just looking at some of the history of our government. And uh, just a few of the laws, uh, founding father Noah Webster had this to say, the moral principles and precepts contained in the scriptures ought to form the basis of all civil constitutions and laws. The uh, stated purpose in the Mayflower Compact, contrary to revisionist history, their purpose was not to find religious freedom. They had already found that in Holland. Their purpose is clearly stated as being for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. So in essence, the pilgrims were missionaries. They came over here. Important aspect of America's constitution, it has its basis, distinctly Christian idea, that man is basically sinful. Every one of our founding fathers understood this truth. It has been said that the 16th century Protestant reformer John Calvin who is the theologian most associated with the biblical doctrine of man's depravity, was the single most influential person to our Constitution. The result was that the founders built into the Constitution an elaborate system of checks and balances. Every American president has taken his oath on the Bible, except two, and referencing God in his inaugural address is standard, And every one of our state constitutions calls on God for support. Perhaps the most famous statement in America's Declaration of Independence is all men are created equal. The concept of universal human rights and equality comes exclusively from the biblical ideas that all people are created in the image of God and from Jesus' sacrificial death for all. So that's just a few examples You don't hear all that. You don't read all that in the history books, but they're there. Those are some of the foundations of our government. We live in a time and place where God's message through his word has for the most part been rejected. And so our study this morning in God's word is going to go back in time to between 605 and 586 B.C. I'm sure none of us can go back uh, visually that way, but... Uh, We're going to go back in this study, and we're going to go back to the time, we're going to look at a prophet's life when God's message was rejected. 
Jeremiah was a contemporary of Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Daniel, and Ezekiel. It was a dark time in Judah's history when Jeremiah the prophet declared an unpopular message with his fellow citizens. So join me in Jeremiah chapter 38 this morning. Jeremiah 38, and here we discover three ways God's message, His Word, was rejected. And as we look at this chapter in God's Word, let's empathize with this Old Testament prophet and try and understand the tough times he lived in. And as we finish this study, we'll seek God's help in knowing what to do when God's message is rejected in our day. So join me again in Jeremiah chapter 38, and let's uh, briefly pause here for prayer. Father, give us insights into your word this morning as we look at the prophet Jeremiah and the tough times he lived in. Father, we empathize with him that he was called to do what you asked him to do, and it was hard times to present your message, especially when People ignored it, didn't want to see it, and he paid consequences for it. Help us, Lord, to remember this day in the country we live in, Father, that we need to lean heavily upon your word, that we need to practice what you've told us to do in your strength, and that we need to be salt and light in this world that is continually turning further and further away from you. Help us to bring honor and glory to you wherever we are, whether it's at home, work, with our fellow believers, wherever it is, Lord, with our neighbors. Help us to to live for you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, briefly, let's look at the background of the prophet Jeremiah. There were no completed scriptures in Jeremiah's day. God used men like Jeremiah's prophets. They were spokesmen of God's message to God's chosen nation. Prophets had a tough life. Noah preached for 120 years while building the ark and nobody listened. Nathan, who confronted King David during his concerning his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. Elijah, who ran from Jezebel when she threatened his life. Jeremiah the prophet was given the tough task of sharing God's unpopular message with Zedekiah, the king who wanted his ears tickled and not the truth. Does that sound familiar? You don't say anything nice if you don't say how great we are. We don't want to hear it. But Jeremiah was given the task to share what God wanted him to share with the king. Jeremiah contains the consequences his prophet faced when he shared God's message. The first encounter results were back in chapter 37, uh, beginning of verse 13, where it shares the following. Chapter 37, verse 13. While he was at the gate of Benjamin, the captain of the guard, whose name was Urijah, the son of Selemiah, the son of Hananiah, was there, and he arrested Jeremiah, the prophet, saying, you're going over to the Chaldeans. They basically were saying he was a traitor. A second encounter occurred in verse 20, uh, chapter 37, verse 21. Then King Zedekiah gave commandment 
they committed Jeremiah to the court of the guardhouse, gave him a loaf of bread daily from the Baker Street till all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah remained in the court of the guardhouse. So they're moving him around. They don't really want to have him around because he's not saying how great the king is, how great everything is going. But now we come to Jeremiah chapter 38. And we uncover three ways God's message, God's word was rejected. The first way God's message is rejected is shared in the first five verses of chapter 38. And that is that God's messengers plotted demise. They want to get rid of Jeremiah. And we see here beginning of verse 1 of chapter 38. Now, Sephatiah the son of Maton and Gedaliah the son of Pasher, and Jukal the son of Selamiah, and Pasher the son of, boy, these are some good words here, Malchajah, <laughs> I'm probably not pronouncing some of these right, heard the words that Jeremiah was speaking to all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, He who stays in the city will die by the sword and by famine and by pestilence, but he who goes out to the Chaldeans will live and have his own life as booty and stay alive. Thus says the Lord, this city will certainly be given into the hand of the army of the king of Babylon. He will capture it. Then the officials said to the king, Now let this man be put to death, inasmuch as he's discouraging the men of war who are left in the city and all the people by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the well-being of his people, but rather their harm. So King Zedekiah said, Behold, he's in your hands, for the king can do nothing against you. They want to get rid of Jeremiah. Similar to Daniel in the lion's den. Remember, all those who were jealous of Daniel's position, they were looking for some way to get rid of Daniel, and they couldn't find anything. There's rumors galore about Jeremiah even saying this prophet is a traitor. Why? Because he speaks the truth from God. He has God's message. He's God's spokesman to the nation at that time. Old Testament prophets are no longer on this earth, but we as believers have God's word to share with our fellow citizens that judgment is coming when you openly rebel against God's truth. Will that make us popular with those who don't know Jesus as personal Savior? Absolutely not. But does that mean we don't risk persecution for His name's sake? Philippians 1.29, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but to suffer for His sake. Will unbelievers, enemies of God, seek to harm us, slander us, do evil? We can expect it, but James... Uh, Joe's uh, one of his favorite books, Pastor Joe. It says, James 1, 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials because we have the privilege to be persecuted for standing up for the truth of God's Word. We haven't really faced that in our country until recently, and it's going to get more and more challenging Why? Because Satan's throwing everything he can out because he knows time is short. But we know the one that we serve, the one that we are adopted into his God's family is greater than he that is on the earth. God is greater. Jesus is greater. 
Jeremiah's enemies plotted this prophet's death. They wanted to get rid of him because Zedekiah and company, they didn't want to hear God's message. They wanted to hear how good they were doing, how great they were. But Jeremiah said, I can only share what God has told me to share. John MacArthur says in, regarding uh, verse 5 there, it says here in verse 5, King Zedekiah said, Behold, he's in your hands, for the king can do nothing against you. That's not true. John MacArthur shares, This represents the spineless evasion of his duty by a leader who rejected God's word. Even the king didn't want to hear what Jeremiah was sharing. As God's messenger, Jeremiah's death was on the radar of those who would not tolerate God's message. Today, by application, we can expect the same when we share the gospel. Unless God has worked on their heart, unless he draws them, unless he has chosen and draws them, we're all sinners, we're dead in our sins. But unless God draws, none of us would respond. And that's God's grace, and that we can always be thankful for. We all know in Paul's life, his life was many times on the line. In Acts 5, it says the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul, dragging him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. That uh, would be hard to take a stand like that. But who was with Paul? There was Dr. Luke. Patch him up. Let's go to the next city. Because God hasn't said our mission is done. What we're to be doing is not complete. Second way, God's message is rejected, is shared, and we won't read all these verses, but in verses 6 to 13, God's messenger, Jeremiah, is persecuted. It says in verse 6, they took Jeremiah, cast him into the cistern of Malchijah, the king's son, which was in the court of the guardhouse. They let Jeremiah down with ropes. Now in the cistern there was no water but only mud, and Jeremiah sank into the mud. I don't know if any of it, anybody else ever seen a cistern. That's where you stored water underneath for the, the house. When uh, we were able last year to go visit Savannah, we visited one of the houses there that had a cistern. And there wasn't any water in there at the time, but uh, when there was water in there, they'd get kind of a mucky mire at the bottom. And as the water would come down, that would settle. So when they put Jeremiah down in, he sunk into kind of a muddy mire. And of course, that wouldn't be very good to be in for very long, would it? But that's where they put Jeremiah because, again, uh, the king said, well, I can't do anything. He's the king. He wouldn't do anything to help Jeremiah. But he didn't want to hear God's word, God's message either. So he let them do this. He let him persecute Jeremiah and put him down. But there is a man named Abedmelech. He's an Ethiopian eunuch who intervenes. Verse 7 while he was in the king's palace, he heard they had put Jeremiah into the cistern. Now the king was sitting in the gate of Benjamin. And he went to the king's palace, spoke to the king. Uh, My lord, the king, these men have acted wickedly. Well, look at what they've done to Jeremiah. They put him in the cistern. But he goes on, he says, he will die right where he is because of the famine. For there's no bread in the city. And so then the king commanded and they took uh, 30 men. 
under the king's authority. And uh, they said, okay, now we're going to put the, some worn out clothes, some rags under your arms. We're going to list you out of the miry mud that we have dropped you down into. I wonder sometimes, uh, briefly, I wonder like Jeremiah, what was he thinking here in the bottom of the cistern? I'm God's prophet. God called me to do what I'm doing, but nobody likes my message. It's not popular. And the king says, those who, who hate me, they can do what they want with me. But I think he was always looking to God through that. I think he was saying, God, you allowed this. There's a reason. I'm going to still trust you. I'm still going to, to do what you've called me to do. So he was under persecution. We won't look at the, the rest of the verses except to say that we can expect today that when we stand for God's word, when we share God's message, we're going to be persecuted for it because in our country, worldwide, we see less and less tolerance for God's word. Why? Because it's whose truth? It's God's truth. Satan wants people to believe in anything but God. If you can look to anybody or anything but God, that's not going to be the answer because only believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, His personal Savior, accepting Him, that is it. John 14:6 is clear. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. And that's exactly what I tell the inmates every time I see them. Because one opportunity I have, I can't proselytize. I think that's the word. I can't go evangelize in the jail. But if an inmate is sharing and they're struggling, I can ask them, do you want to know what I believe? And then I can share with them. And I always share with them John 14:6 because they're bombarded with everything else that are not answers. But Jesus is the answer. And so... We need to make sure that when we get opportunities that we share the gospel with those around us. And I know as uh, Jeremiah was a prophet, even though his message wasn't being received here, he still, I'm sure, was telling those around him, stay true to God, obey him, trust him, have faith in him. We have a whole list in Hebrews 11 of persecution, a martyr's list of those who died in horrible ways standing up for God's word, God's message. A third way God's message is rejected is shared beginning of verse 14. Again, I won't read all those verses. Uh, We'd be running a little bit late with that. But look at verse 14. King Zedekiah sent and had Jeremiah the prophet brought to him at the third entrance that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said to Jeremiah, I'm going to ask you something. Do not hide anything from me. We see here in these verses, 14 to 28, God's message is going to be ignored. (coughs) Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, verse 15, If I tell you, will you not certainly put me to death? Besides, if I give you advice, you will not listen to me. But King Zedekiah swore to Jeremiah in secret, saying, As the Lord lives who made this life for us, surely I will not put you to death, nor will I give you over the hand of these men who are seeking your life. And Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, God of hosts, God of Israel, if you will indeed go to the officers of the king of Babylon, then you will live. 
And so he goes on and he explains this to the king. And then verse 19, King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I dread the Jews who have gone over to the Chaldeans, lest they give me over into their hand and they abuse me. But Jeremiah said, they will not give you over. Please obey the Lord. What's he saying? King, get back right with God. It's not too late. That's a hard message to give. And Jeremiah could have watered it down. He could have said, well, here's something you might want to try. But he said, bottom line, you need to get back to the Lord. You need to obey the Lord. What he's told you to do. That it will go well with you and you may live. What a, what a challenge Jeremiah has here. Even when God's message is being ignored, he continues to share what God has told him to share with the king. And basically it was that you need to give up so that all these people under you aren't going to be killed when Babylon comes and takes over. And again, Jeremiah is pleading with the king. But Jeremiah said, They will not give you over. Obey the Lord, that it may go well with you. But verse 21, But if you keep refusing to go out, this is the word which the Lord has shown me. Thus, behold, all the women who are left in the palace are going to be brought out. The officers of Babylon, those women will say, Your close friends have misled, overpowered you. While your feet were sunk in the mire, they turned back. They will also bring out all your wives, your sons. He explains all this. And then Zedekiah, verse 24, said to Jeremiah, Let no man know about these words, and you will not die. But if the officials hear that I have talked with you, and come to you and say to you, Tell us now what you have said to the king, and what the king said to you. Do not hide it from us, and we will not put you to death. Then you are to say to them, I was presenting my petition before the king not to make me return to the house of Jonathan to die there. Then all the officials came to Jeremiah and they questioned him. So he reported to them in accordance with all these words which the king had commanded and they ceased speaking with him since the conversation had not been overheard. So Jeremiah stayed in the court of the guardhouse until the day that Jerusalem was captured. Sharing God's message in Jeremiah's day was unpopular. He had a one-on-one last plea from the king. Jeremiah was pleading with the king to obey, turn back to God. Don't keep going down this road that he'd been going on. The king, a weak one to say the least, makes Jeremiah promise not let anyone know this message because they might abuse, do something violent to me. He was a cowardly king, King Zedekiah, who didn't respond to God's message, but was easily intimidated. The prophet Jeremiah continued to share God's message, even when it cost him. Why? Because he was committed to God no matter what. Even though it was unpopular what he was sharing, it's what God told him to share. And I got to thinking, how many of us would have liked to have been an Old Testament prophet? When you look at, through the Old Testament and you see all the things they endured, they did it. Why? Because they were in obedience to God. They were doing the mission God had called them to do. And even though Jeremiah, again, this is just one chapter out of Jeremiah's life, what was going on? 
Jeremiah could have turned back. He could have softened. He could have said, God, I'm not going to share that. It's not a popular message. But he did what God told him to do out of obedience. And when we study God's word, it isn't an option for us as believers to say, well, I'll maybe obey this part and this part. I like this, but I don't like this. Or to obey the whole counsel of God's word because it's God's word. It's his truth. And as believers, as we walk daily in our lives here in America, we need to always remember what is the truth that we share? What is the gospel we share today? Anyone? What do people need to know? They need to know Christ Jesus. They need Him as personal Savior. I talk every day with inmates who say, well, chaplain, I don't know what my religion is. I say it's not about religion, it's a relationship. And the difference is Jesus. Before you can understand the Bible, you need to have a personal relationship through Jesus Christ with God. And before that starts, it is all foolishness. It doesn't make sense. But when the God, the Holy Spirit is teaching us, it makes sense because God helps us understand it. And not only understand it, but live by it. Jeremiah continued to obey when his life was on the line. He could have ended up in that cistern and died in the mire. But God moved a man to intercede for him. This Ethiopian eunuch, where did he come from? God had him there at the right time. So God not only worked through Jeremiah, he worked through the Ethiopian eunuch as well to intercede for Jeremiah so that that king could hear one last time the message, obey God, quit disobeying Him. And if we're ever in that point too, I pray there would be a brother or sister in Christ that would come to me. If I'm going down the wrong road, I don't want to stay on it. Because we have one opportunity on this earth to serve the Lord on this earth. One time. I don't believe like some religions say, reincarnation, come back. I heard one of them telling me he wanted to come back as a, as a little caterpillar because he thought it was cute. I don't believe in that. We have one opportunity on this earth to serve the Lord. So every day is a gift. I tell the men that, that I lead the service with on Thursday afternoons at the jail, I tell them every time, one day at a time, it's a gift. Wake up in the morning and saying, thank you for the gift, God, that you woke me up. Because I know I've got a purpose today. I don't know about tomorrow, but if my tomorrow is in heaven, I'm in a better place anyway. I can't change the past, but I have now. And so don't waste it. Because same time tomorrow, today is going to be yesterday and it's gone. There's only one day like today. And so we need to be thankful for it. Jeremiah, through these struggles, through these challenges... Seeing God's word ignored, God's message ignored. He didn't give up, did he? He persevered. His message from God didn't change. Obey God. Turn back to God. He was telling the king. First Peter 4.16 says, If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. I believe Jeremiah was honoring God by having a strong witness, even there to the king, even when 
his message was being rejected. It was God's message. He didn't say, well, that's my message. Jeremiah didn't say, well, he's ignoring me or he's not paying attention to me. He was ignoring God. And we can't ignore God, can we? Because God knows everything. And I shared something with one of the inmates this past week. And he was kind of shocked. I said, you know, God can read your thoughts. He goes, oh, oh. He says, wow, really? Oh, yeah, he can. He knows our thoughts. He hears our prayers even when we just pray him with our thoughts. God hears him. And you know, I said too to this inmate, I said, God hears all our prayers. God hears all our cries for help, all of our needs, all at one time, and he doesn't get them mixed up. He doesn't hear Brian praying and saying, "Uh uh-oh, that's Doug, I got him mixed up doesn't happen with God. He, he's God. And that's why it's such a privilege to have faith in the God of the universe, the God of the world, God who knows how many hairs is on our heads. We don't know that. Sometimes we think we can count them, but still we can. God knows us so well. That's why he says, follow me, trust me, obey me, and he'll never lead us astray. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, I want to encourage you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And one uh, hymn from years ago, but one I always like, Who's on the Lord's side? Who will serve the king? Who will be his helpers, other lives to bring? Who will leave the world's side? Who will face the foe? Who is on the Lord's side? Who for him will go? By thy call of mercy, by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side. Savior, we are thine. Jeremiah was on the Lord's side and it cost him. When everything was being rejected that he was sharing as a prophet, And so, if we face rejection, but we're planting the seed and we're sharing God's truth, we're obeying, we're doing what God has asked us to do. And if this is our last day on this earth, and we're in heaven tomorrow, wow, wouldn't that be great? Amen. Lord could blow that trumpet and we'll all meet Him in the sky and be with Him forever. So reminded how short a time we have on this earth. But I'm always reminding those that I share with, take it a day at a time. Don't look down the road too far. You can make plans, but God will probably change them. Don't get mad about that. Because someday that tomorrow is going to be with the Lord. And that's going to be forever. Unlimited time. That we'll be able to see God in all His glory and we'll be able to worship Him. And I think first thing we're going to be doing is saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We'll be bowing down, saying, Lord, I don't deserve this. It's Your grace. Thank You for Your grace. Let's pray. Father, this morning, thank You for prophets like Jeremiah who continued to serve. They were persistent in their faith. They persevered even though the message you gave them was rejected, Father. They continued to obey you. May we obey you in sharing the gospel with those around us. Father, we look at circumstances. We look at things going on 
in our nation, worldwide, in our own communities. We see so many evil things going on, but God, you're sovereign. You're greater than all these things Satan throws in our paths. If we just follow you, if we just have the faith that you've commanded us to have, but it's a letting go of our own will and saying, Lord, thy will be done. Thankful, Lord, for this time in your word, and I pray that it will be an encouragement to live like Jeremiah and share your word with those around us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.